today's topic we're going to talk about is the uh, posture imbalances. Now, this is important for you Very because, important. yeah, you want to talk about it for a while when you're finally here. You want to talk about the posture imbalances and corrective exercises. And specifically, we're going to gear now towards the nine to fivers because there's a lot of content on here too about our oh, uh, yeah. oh, our yeah. field and fitness, bodybuilding, and geared towards athletes. And now I kind of want to work towards the everyday person that we can help. Okay. So speaking about nine to fivers, they pop right in my head right away. Because you dealt with this a lot, especially when you have clients. Well, for those who don't know, I worked in the government for nine years. I worked in the United States Department of Labor as a personal trainer. I trained federal employees on the sixth floor. If anyone knows 201 Varick Street, that's where I was. Anyway, I had lots of people. I didn't know that. That's actually yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a trainer. So a lot of people work in cubicles. They work nine to five. Slightly less, slightly over. But they're always in a hunched position. So they would come to me all the time. And they had something what they call, uh, what do they call it? Upper suede syndrome, where your neck is down like this. And you always look like you're turning like this. You have no more mobility in, in the cervical spine. I think you have a stiff neck at all times. Very right? stiff, very stiff. <clears throat> so they would come to me all the time. And they, when they would do movements, they couldn't execute them properly. So in a nutshell, I will let them know, listen, you got to remember, this is your, your, your setting that you're in control over. You're sitting down for so long, muscles are shortening. You're tightening up. What does that mean? tightening up on you so be 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 alerted of your hamstrings your glutes especially you're sitting down with your glutes they're dead they're not moving they're shortening you got to actually lengthen and shorten your muscle needs movement things like that so i do recommend some people are opposed to this it works for me so when i have a muscle that has an imbalance what i do is i inhibit it i foam roll it once i foam roll it i lengthen it by stretching it so I learned how to remember this this whole mix by rhyming it. Lengthen, strengthen. It's just one step before lengthen. I call it inhibit. Foam roll, break down a little bit of scar tissue. I have a torn pec right here. So I, I actually warm up with a lacrosse ball. And I go up against the wall and I locate the the knot right oh, here. That's feel, why when I met you again, or I was, I was doing were, that. That's exactly what you Correct. were doing. And I was loading yeah. up by going back here and applying pressure on the ball, trying to mitigate this knot right here. You've done that with me before as well. Uh, cause I had a really sore, not torn anything. Thank God. Yes. Hopefully we're, not. We were preventing that. But it was, I did a very hard chest workout the day before, but you were breaking down that. Was it, it's a lactic acid build. Lactic right? acid. Yeah. In your case, oh. mine had turned into dead scar tissue. You know, it was so freaking painful when you were doing it, but man, the release afterwards, I felt just like amazing. it's always felt great. It's no more amazing than going on active recovery day, moving and dissipating acidic blood, mm. lactic acid. So- with that lacrosse ball, this is an example of what you would do if you had a problem. Like I have an imperfection here. I have a torn pack, right? So right away I have this, that's dead, that's dead tissue, dead tissue. So before I do a chest workout, I load up on a lacrosse ball and I kind of like try to break down the inflammation. It's always going to be there. Once I feel it's dissipated, now I stretch it. So I'll stretch my pack. Now my pack is stretched. Lengthen. Now I got to strengthen it. Do you always Activate do that before it. all of it too? Because I've, Absolutely. I've helped you do it before and it's really, really tightened. Absolutely. Same thing with my glutes. I foam roll them, I stretch them, and then I, then I activate them. So for someone that needs a corrective imbalance for their body, you would also suggest that they do it all the time as part of your routine now because it is something that needs to be 
continuously corrected or is it ever corrected fully? It's never set in stone. Depends on where the imbalance is coming from. If you know you got a tight glute, you foam roll it, you stretch it, and you, and you strengthen it. You might have an issue where you got a totally debilitated muscle. For example, my mid-trap. I never knew it wasn't firing because my muscle was always so damn big. So when you get older and you start getting what they call asymm an, an asymmetrical look where the body might be a little off-kilted, one trap is elevated, one is a little depressed, that's an imbalance. Mm. It come from the hip, it come from the cervical spine. When you identify it, now it becomes a game of strengthening that muscle. So no one knows how to isolate their mid-trap. They're thinking, I'll do a T-ball row. No, man. That's what you do once you cue the trap in. Then you go strengthen it doing the T-ball row. You got to actually learn to activate that muscle because it's a, it's a dead muscle. Now, when someone has, how, I guess it's a, it's a two-part question, but how would you, number one, know if someone has a corrective imbalance? How would they be able to define that term for themselves if they're coming to you for help? Or they're just wanting to figure it out online or just by asking or reading about it. Hey, do I feel something wrong today? Hey, it's, it's really, really tight here. Maybe I should get myself checked by a physician to see if that's something that's wrong. I go by what I see. I've learned kinesiology and how muscles move and how people approach me. Even sometimes they don't tell me. I can see a tight head flexor. You've done that very accurately, like I said, with me. It's yeah. not with the imbalances, but with noticing where those knots are. Correct. The asymmetrical sides too. <clears throat> um, but some things I can't see that you might, you might elaborate and say, John, listen, it's really hurting here. Right away when I see them point here, make them raise their arm up. I see what kind of mobility they have. So if it's so tight, it could be coming from the lat. So we work our way through the lat. If it's still tight, I might go into one of the medial rotators underneath the shoulder, which is underneath here, the pec minor. I might start breaking that down. Suddenly what happens? Your body frees up. Ah, so what we learned, Johnny Muscles, your lats get kinked up. So let's foam roll them with a lacrosse ball before we fire our lats. You know, I thought of a, a story when, uh, when we were training. We were doing a squat. and It's when I was coming back from after about two, three months off, not, not doing any workouts. And I remember I was gaining my squat back up and we were doing slow squats. And you went, can you position your, your legs and your feet so that they're shoulder length apart? Correct. And I said, yeah, like this. And you went, wow, you, you just keep thinking that you're, sh you're, you're shoulder length apart like that. You're, you're so imbalanced on your left side. And then you said, come down real quick. And I went down and you went, I know what it is. It's your left glutes out. And I was you like, wow, that? what does that mean? And then I understood throughout the time afterwards how it really was failing me in a way. It wasn't as strong yeah. as every other part is what I mean by failing. And like, I didn't notice that. Wow, you remember that, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I noticed it because you had a shift. When you were squatting, you were kind of like overcompensating on one side for the lack of strength you had on, the, on this side. Mm. So what I did to him was I put him on the ground and made him do a bridge. When he did a bridge, well, it was a single-legged hip thruster. Yeah. Oof. I noticed he couldn't Earth. fire on one side. So doing a single-legged hip thruster, when he was coming up, his body was kind of floating the other way to create harmony and balance. Strong glute for weak glute. So I figured it out. And what happened? We did some unilateral bridges. Yeah. Your squat was even better after that. It, it has gotten way, way better. And, and it happened way quicker because going into this now importance of glutes and importance of core work. <clears throat> Absolutely. Is that you don't realize how important that is for what your day-to-day -day activity has to deal with. You know, it your, your glutes power your legs. We all know that too, is that yeah. you have a lot of power from it. But when... How, you don't know when they're weak. You don't know that 
okay, I can squat this amount of weight, but you're not realizing that, hmm, maybe if it's just my quads, maybe if I strengthen my glutes now, I can probably go way higher. And that's what happened with me. That's, that's the progression that I had. Well, a lot of people, to, answer, to add to what you said, you're like, how do you determine that, right? Yeah. You can't when you're young. You can't. And I mean 21, 22, 23. You can't because you're, you're on fire. I remember being 28 and my glutes were always so full and my legs were always full. My mother would look at me and go, you got to ask every girl wishes they had. I said, by her saying that, that's weird to me. But by her saying that means I'm doing something right. So you continue to go. And you're hitting your mid-30s and you're starting, ah, pain in certain spots. You look in the mirror, you still got full glutes, but you could see they want to take a turn. They want to take a turn. Is it? Do you notice it when and you're it, sitting down and you're like, oh, I feel pain now? For too long? Is that where you notice it? I feel it now as I'm talking to you. Yeah. But I'm so used to the, the pain that I wouldn't know any way around it. I'd still appreciate it if someone, <laughs> I know what to do. I can't do it to myself. I see. So my point was that I started feeling a lot of pain down there. And then when I would squat, I wouldn't have the same mobility. Tight hamstrings, just had weak glutes. And you start learning these things when you're getting hurt. But only when you get hurt, when you still want to be in the pursuance of being the best you can, or optimizing the best you can. So you see restrictions. Wow, this is not good. This is what I do for a living. This is what I love to do. This is what I do best. If this is hindering me, I got to learn my way around that. And what I could just, how I could touch up on this part of the, of the episode is basically to prevent that. I get it. You, some guys are in the throne being 21, 22. Guys, you could be even better than the throne. <laughs> You could be on the throne on top of the throne on top of the throne. So true. Just isolate those little muscles, your core, your glutes. Isolate them. Strengthen them. Make them strong. Watch what happens to your, to your squat. It goes up. Yeah, I, I feel as if you, if you start that earlier, the better off you'll be. That's because it's, it's, I always tell you, this, knowing what I know now from you is, you know, is amazing because you can take that and carry it with you. Because I feel as I see a lot of people always doing in the gyms, a lot of the glute ham raises. And to be quite honest, I said, oh, why are they always going to this one exercise? A lot of women do it. And I go, oh, it's, it's impressive when you're looking at it because it's a lot of weight sometimes that they're using. And I'm always fascinated by this. And I said, mm. and then you start doing it and you realize it's, it really is an understanding of putting power into your glutes because yeah. it's going to power the rest of your body. It's going to give you more mobility. It's going to make you stronger. Oh, absolutely. And it starts, it starts and ends from there. Absolutely. That's not something I would give uh, an advanced person who has imbalances down there. I would just keep them doing what they're doing and make them stronger and work their way towards that. Because like for me, I got tight hamstrings. I would not engage in explosive hamstring stiff-legged deadlifts. What are they called? Stiff-legged? Yeah, stiff-legged deadlifts. Not those. The, the, the ones, the prone, the leg curl that's on the hyperextension. I'm trying to think. You of just mentioned it before. The movement that you're trying to say. The hyperextension bench. Yes. When they work their hamstrings on there. Stiff arm curl. That's yeah. it. It's a functional way of doing a leg curl. I wouldn't. Yes, not, it's the isolated hamstring. Yes. Leg curl. But yeah, if yeah. you're, you're, you're um, more advanced and you haven't been doing functional movements like that mm. or your life, it's something you engage in. Understand something. You'll be using muscles you never used before and you could tear. So you have to be very careful with that. I'm too, not saying steer. Don't steer away from it, but if you're, you're 
been doing this a long time like myself. It's not something I would jump into personally unless I had someone who really knew what they were doing that knows what I'm what I know and actually break down my hamstring, do active release, foam roller for me, even better than what I could do for it. So when I go to I go to fire, there's not a propensity I'll tear. Now, what would you, you don't say want to tear back there, man. It's nasty back there. I wouldn't even want to begin to think of that. I've only tweaked oh. my back once or twice and it's from doing a deadlift improperly from when I was first yeah. learning the technique and I've realized stuff. I always, anytime I'm doing those kinds of movements, I always wrap the knees uh, if I'm doing a squat, especially and put a, put a nice weight belt on. Yeah. But something that I'm comfortable with, I, I don't, I don't agree with not using that if you're going to be lifting very heavy Got because it. it is protecting your joints. But what would you say, how would you help correct someone that is has an injury back there okay. okay like let's say in their lower back because that's pretty common as you get older in age lower back injuries you have a lower back injury but you want to keep your glutes strong you want to keep your hamstring strong what kind of movements would you suggest that they do if they came to you saying hey i just had a lower back problem i, I do want to keep maintaining my glutes for mobility i want to maintain my my core for mobility oh it's real simple flow work what is flow work Flow work. So, for example, if they got back problems and they want to maintain that glute work, like you're saying, and core work, yeah. less than you want to do if you've got back problems, like bulging discs or something like that, is deadlifts and things that are explosive. Mm. Barbell rows, that indirect pressure and compression on your lower back. I'm I'll cringing, put, as you say, because of the pain. Right. I will put them on the floor. And first off, I would stretch muscles. I would give them dynamic, dynamic movement stretches. Mm -hmm. And I would give them things like on the floor. Like if it was for glute work, Maybe a clamshell, a loop, a loop band around their knees, laying down, doing clamshells, maybe hip thrusters. Basically, where their lower back is mostly compressed on the ground, core is locked in. Once their core, their core is free to go, if it's a weak muscle, and they do some kind of big multi-joint compound movement like a barbell row or a one-arm dumbbell row, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's a higher probability it can happen. So I take them to the floor. I make them do maybe some leg curls with the stability ball. That'll hit the hamstrings. I'll make them do hip thrusters. Not very heavy weight for the sake of your lower back coming in in case it needs to come in for reassurance or secondary muscles. Um, Would you suggest that also for cold. someone that hasn't ever done this before to start on the ground, start with the uh, elastic band? Maybe, resistance band yeah yeah because you can look up you can look up some good videos on that that wouldn't steer you in the wrong direction i wouldn't think it's, an, it's a nice stretching exercise right yeah but when you when you're doing stuff like this you got to remember when you're first starting you want to try to get that person molded to doing the right thing i understand because they're naive it builds a habit they're impressionable and they're gonna they're also they can tend to only want to go that way because of their naivete mm. you understand and you might become a threat if you're trying to pull them in a different direction so prime them young prime them in the beginning Show them the right way. Give them a resistance band. When they first start, they have no stability. I can tell you that. Unless she's a choreographer, unless they're ballet dancers, it's a different story. Not everybody is. So they got to work with their foundation. Starts from the ground and up. Well, beginning of that, starting from the ground up, it also goes to the importance of the core work. Sure. And I was always a huge um, advocate for building a strong core. It used to be the showpiece that I would have on stage. Yeah. because I pride myself in it. Not something where I want to rip off my shirt like the Incredible Hulk, right? And say, oh, check out my abs, bro. Like, I just knew that it was providing me a better squat. Sure. It was providing me with a lot more 
tools that I can use to better myself. Sure. So I used to write for bodybuilding.com way back um, when I first started competing. Tell me that. Yeah, and it was it was fun, but I I had made this little program that I titled Abrobics, and you could, you might be able to still find it out there. I'm not really sure, but it was. Interesting where my brain was then too, which still I believe in, but it kind of has evolved into the techniques that I'm learning from you and that I've learned from just progression of learning different stuff from people that knew better. Basically. Ali. Ali's another guy. <laughs> you know, man, we're, shout out to Big Ali, man. We're a strong, we're a strong dude. Really helped me get my mind focused as a kid. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I, there was this thing I called aerobics where- That's a cool name. I still, I, I don't know if it's coined, but I used it. And I, I felt like it got a lot of hits. That makes sense. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I might use that for a hashtag next. But you know what I mean? I, what I had uh, proposed was, is that you do either a set of 50 crunches in a row or sit-ups, and then you go right to a movement like an elliptical for a minute straight, and you go nonstop, or the treadmill for a minute straight nonstop. You can even do this outdoors now, where you do 50 crunches, you go out, maybe you do a sprint or jog for a minute straight, you stop, you do another set of crunches, and you keep doing these repetitions for about six or seven sets, and you've accumulated a lot already. And by then, your core is burning so much, yes. and you feel good because you've now expended yourself with your cardio, yeah. that you, you're now conditioning your core and you're shortening your waist as well at the same time, and you're building more of that foundation. Plus, when you're going back to the squat now, the thing that activates the, the quickest, I feel always, that always brings me back up, which was my core. It was such a solid foundation, still is, but now bringing the glutes into it, it really becomes effective. But having a strong core is everything. Keeps your posture upright. Right. I used to have a mild scoliosis in my back. Oh. Had a lot of exercises that I needed to do with that yeah. growing up. And a lot of it involved core work, which is why it built that foundation. But that aerobic style, I still believe into today because it I feel it does work and it conditions you. It, it gets gotta, your mindset for it. I'll try that one day. I never even heard of it. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I mean, what, you, you put me through some ab workouts where I'm like, wow. I mean, I was, I don't even think, think I got like 10 reps out. And it was the one where you're going, it's the, it's the bench where you're- I feel like I know what he's going to say. Right you're now. going so far back that you're almost vertical. And then you're coming up and I have to tap the top of your hands. Oh, it, yes. It's like almost like a boxing technique or, or a CrossFit. It really is. is. Super hard. Except they're throwing jabs when they come to the top. Yeah, yeah. But what that is, is people need to understand, and some, some people might know this too. When you do a crunch, do you remember what the proper execution is? It's spinal flexion, spinal extension. All that means is you're flexing your spine, you're extending your spine. So when I know how the anatomy works, I say, hmm. How can I get the most bang for my buck on my client here, okay, and make him execute crunch where he's going through both motions, spinal flexion, spinal extension. So I put him through a two-step process where he flexed his spine on a decline bench, came forward, and then That's extended his spine, coming up and meet me up in the top of my hand, and he'd be burning on the first one. I do that a lot, and I also work the intrinsic core stabilizer muscles. So I might make you do a set of crunches, maybe 50, right? And then go right into a big high step up, step up stool, and bring, and bring the opposite knee as a raised knee and bring your hands behind your head. Freeze. <laughs> oh, I can already right? see what that's going to do to you. I've done you get that. the burn on the lower abs as well. That's you a great get, technique for lower abs because there's not too many workouts that you can use for lower abs. 
you get the burn. Can I tell you where? The deep core, the deep, deep, the deep state, <laughs> the deep, <laughs> deep core stabilizer muscles deep inside you that control stability. The abs are more like the external part of your core. Yeah. There's also something deeper. They're called intrinsic cores. They're stabilizing muscles. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. What is that? Those are muscles that actually, think about someone. If someone has you on strings, the puppet master, it's like the puppet master of the core. Okay. And it's hanging the small core muscles. <laughs> I love right? I'm like in this description. So, already it's so you want to train the, the puppet, the master who's doing that. And those are the muscles. Basically, they ah. represent when you're doing a step up and you raise your knee, you're like, why is that happening? I could do 5,000 crunches. That should not be happening. Wrong. You're strong with the crunches, right? But when you're doing something like the knee, the, the raised knee coming up and keeping your fingers brace behind your head like that, you're using the deep core muscles that control everything. Those really control your stability, man. Well, Not a crunch. It's, it's proven. Crunch just makes them look nice. It's proven that factor is that, you know, you'll feel better about yourself. But it's the same thing. It's it's something that is it, it, everyone wants to attain having a six pack or eight pack. And it's I always say that for for men, it's always the lower abs that come out the 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 last basically least, is the last yeah. thing to come out. It was always the same thing for me. If I was going to pick out imperfections with myself, even during contest training, I knew that it would be my lower abs that would be visually appealing in like the last couple of weeks, where I would be training them, but they wouldn't be really visible but you have people that i've seen have you know amazing eight packs genetics. and it's yeah genetics plays a lot a big part in that and also the hard work that they put in i mean i i think right. i remember back aside from the brad pitt and fight club seeing that uh which was phenomenal uh, i always looked at um sly when he did Stallone. rocky four especially because yeah. he had a lot of those techniques he did when he was in the he was ripped. training up in the mountains he did some amazing ab work there that was i was like wow when i seen him from rocky 2 from rocky 3 i said this is tremendous transformation yeah two different time. people masculine jaw eight pack muscles on top of muscles on the back they look like muscles that you didn't really get in the gym it was a yeah. combination of swimming your rotated muscles were popping his 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 Lats will pop in everything's traps. Well, I also feel with that aesthetic too in the in the abs, it's always good to add a little bit of weight to it too. When you're doing yes. crunches, I always like to put a little bit of weight on the when you're doing it with the rope, rope pull downs with the cable. Yeah. Or if you don't have the rope that can't be found, I actually like it better to use one of the um chest cable crossovers, the one handle. I hold on to it with two hands. And the trick is to let yourself be guided by your abs and not by pulling it with your arms, which is a technique connection. that you have to make with the connection. That's right. And so by doing that, adding a little bit of weight, I feel like, and it does, it provides that you're working the muscle. And I feel like people don't work that muscle like that all the time. No. And you kind of have a nice flat exterior of abs because you have no more fat there. But if you want those cubes, you've got to treat them like a muscle as well. You've got to put some weight on them. You got to work it from every way possible. This kid came over to me like two weeks ago. He goes, how do I know how I thoroughly train my triceps? Someone's telling me to do pushdowns. Someone's telling me to do overheads. I can't keep up. What can you tell me? He says, kid, I'll make it really easy for you. You in college? He goes, yeah. What are you taking? What did he tell me? Um, exercise science. It, it aligned perfectly. Beautiful class. I, I, I love 
It was a informative class. I've taken that. Before. Surprised he asked me that. Come up from exercise science. They should know your anatomy. So I said, "Do you study like anatomy?" He goes, "Yeah." It's real simple. Go look at the anatomical term of a tricep and look at the the kinesiology. What's that? How muscles move. Find out how it moves. What is it? What is it? Its function. The function. Doing a tricep, right? Elbow flexion. Elbow extension. Okay. That's it. So, so it's flexing your elbow. Do it tries to push down. That's so interesting when you put it in that perspective. Because I'm looking at you do it, but it, it is Watch actually now. moving the elbow. Watch now. Now, extension. Extension. When you do extension, okay, mm-hmm. you're lengthening the tricep. So how could I do that? I can't do this. That's a hammer curl, right? Move your head. All the way over. Elbow parallel to the ceiling. That's one of my favorites. And that's really all you have to do. You see people, I think I'll isolate it a little more, throw in this. You just did it, bro. You're getting caught up with the, with the bro science. And Stay the bro science the too is lifting the whole rack when it's inadequately, it's giving you a wrong um, movement, right? With your, you're not connecting fully with the extension. No, you're Where not. you're doing almost halves. And I, I think that's okay when you're, trying to get half reps out and you're intentionally trying to do something like that. But for a workout, why not lower the weight, right? I learned a lot of that from the kickbacks because those are really hard when you are on the uh, doing free weight kickbacks with your, with your um, those triceps. Tough. Those are tough. But the- and just stabilizing the weight. I mean, you can only use, right. I'm using like 10, 15 pounds. I don't go much heavier than that. Maybe 15. Because it, it starts to really, you really start to see where it's forming though. Yeah, but also the bro science too. The thing with that is they might mislead you to thinking you got to do more, more volume. For example, you do a bench press, right? You're doing your, tri- you're doing your bench press. Why would you at the very end go and do a flat dumbbell press? It's redundant. It's the same thing. Oh, you know, I want to isolate at the end. I can understand that. Go to a machine, do a cable crossover. You don't got to do much. You don't got to do much. Well, one thing I want to touch up on too is making it come full circle on helping out people that are doing a nine to five and need help in this. Uh, they've already identified their imbalance and now they want to get into a gym or they want to get into a routine. Mm-hmm. Um, Mal, can you dive a little bit into helping people when you were working uh, at the federal government level? Department of Labor. Yes, I could. So was the- it a different, I guess... Was that the quintessential style of person that would be okay? He know he doesn't really know much about working out, and he's asking for help. Or these were people that, hey, I know there's a problem. Can you help fix it now? I'm working, and I, I can't. I have nothing else. I, I I can't help myself. These people knew the least thing about what was wrong with them. They had no clue. According to them, they were on the right path. <laughs> well, yeah, it happens. I mean, it's 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 human it's, nature. It's human how would you not know if you weren't told, or if you don't know how to identify it? You're right. Correct. So what I would just do is basically listen to them. Hi, my name is so-and-so. I want to get in shape. And I would talk to them more about if they've had a trainer, what he or she has done with them, um, what are their goals, things like that. It's normally when you put them through a fitness assessment. Do you know what that is? Yeah. We talked about that a little bit too, which was- Yes. When you put them through a fitness assessment, it says a lot more. It's actions. It's beyond words. And I could tell them right there what might be overactive versus underactive. Again, I'm going by what I know from the anatomy and the kinesiology. 
on how you're executing the movement, I'll see what I see. And as I try to put you through different movements, I'll probably see a lot more, a lot more too. So I'm usually taking notes when I'm going through a fitness assessment. It's a lot to remember. Because now it comes to a point where I got to give you what you need versus what you want. Well, it's almost like you're a doctor diagnosing the body before you treat it. I love it. Right? I love it. A mechanic. <laughs> that's, that's another great way to put it too, is that you're, you're actually fixing either the broken unit or the, the unit that needs help or has a leak or whatever it is. Is it a belt or is it a converter issue? <laughs> well, not many people know, including myself, about the corrective work because love I haven't, it. you know, yet thankfully have had any of those things happen to me. But I, listening to you talk about it, it is a thing that happens as you progress in age and also as you, I mean, looking in the phenomenal shape that you do, from where you are right now is I want to get there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying at that, at that age, but it's kind of, it's really You're going that way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's really encouraging to see that you're able to look at different aspects of this and, and be able to help people in that field. But most people wouldn't know where to begin. And I guess what was the, what was the one thing that you would say if they were trying to find an imbalance that they might have? if they feel some sort of pain in their glute, if they feel some sort of pain in their shoulder and they've already went to the doctor and everything is fine mechanically on their body, but they now are working in the gym and they feel like, okay, now I'm doing a bench press, but why does my right pec hurt more than my left now sometimes? It feels like a shooting pain or it feels tighter today or how do I release that tension? Could be an overactive muscle. Could be that. If you feel a more... Firing on one side, it's usually compensation for another muscle, or it could be something like an uneven hip, it could be glued ribs, mm. it could be a tight cervical spine, it could be things like that. All you could do is speculation. You can watch a person, this is the most you can do. Dissect them, make them execute, watch them, and what you see is wrong. If you suspect it's a tight lat, all right, pull them off the bench, pull them on the lat, stretch the lat, put it back on the bench press. Oh, we fire is better. So what did we learn today, John? You got tight lats. You might have to form all in between sets until it opens up fully. Maybe, maybe prior. We don't know. It's all a matter of actions. Once you execute the action, we see what we need and we see what we got. So first off, you can go and do an assessment for yourself, get an evaluation from someone that's skilled, that Correct. knows what they're doing. Go by the credibility, go by the, um, you know, uh, word of mouth that you hear from people. If you like someone in the gym, you think they're capable. Good reviews. Yeah. From, from a multitude of sources, not one person because you grew up with them. Right. Do your research on it. Get away from the bro science. Yeah. Make sure that you're doing that part of your work because it is your body. And it, I always attribute it as you're not just going to go out for any random job. You want to do something that you have a skill set in or that you like, and you're going to go apply for that interview. You're not just going to yeah. apply for everything known to men, Correct. unless you normally have to. It's, it's rare that that happens, but if it does happen, you fit in a different category. And that's okay, but you have to do your due diligence because you're working on yourself. And then after you have your physical assessment, you do your, you do your stretches, you foam roll as a necessity, and then you gear yourself up towards doing those stretches with the bands yes. that you talked about for your yes. glutes, Correct. help strengthening that out. And then you're good to go. You can start your, you can start your progress. Now we're talking about people that are, uh, the nine to fivers, but are also a little bit older that want to get into uh, involved in working out and working on their bodies, they can start with that foundation at least, which is something anyone can do because everyone has that time. And I always say that you have the 24 hours in a day too, utilize it. 
Utilize to the best of your advantage. Give yourself 10 minutes. This could take a 10 minute thing, right? Yeah. Getting an evaluation takes a little longer, probably a separate day, 10 minutes, right? Not even. Maybe the next day you get into your stretching, you get into your um, uh, band work, and then the next day you go to the gym. Next day you go for a walk. Next day you go for a run. It works. It works as easy as that. Give yourself 10 minutes a day. That's a start, right? Yeah, man. What I could add to that is that never do it for them, though. Once you start doing it for someone, they become complacent where they expect you to always do it. That's a great point. Yeah. So what I do is I show them what I do and I make them execute it. Some of them look lost. And those are the ones that tell me they weren't listening or they're just thinking you're a trainer and they're reliant on you to do that for them. When you make them do it, when you, when you show them and then you make them do it, you're trying to cause them to commit it to memory. I mean, whether they take it with them or not, at least you know now they're capable of doing it. They did it in front of you. Now it's up to them to create like an habitual course of action where they stretch every day, they strengthen every day, things like that. Right. And not something that is pestering someone down the day to day. Are you doing your workouts today? Are you doing this today? Because I also feel there is a different part about encouraging someone and also pushing someone. And I feel like pushing is okay. Encouraging is okay. But the demand is different. If, yes. you, if your demand is not something that you set a goal for and that you want to do, then you have to make that decision for yourself. It can't be someone else pushing you in that direction because ultimately at the end, it's not going to work out. No. You're eventually going to stop. Correct. And you won't want to continue. And that's yeah. what brings, brings people away, I feel, with those either New Year's resolutions and that kind of stuff. Oh, uh, man, that's it's just, it's just what it is, a resolution. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it should be a lifestyle. Absolutely. Well, I mean, to lifestyles and to changes and to making change for yourself, I'm happy we got to talk about a couple of these cool topics today. Next week, we got some exciting, cool uh, things for you that are lined up. We're going to talk about uh, anything from vitamin D, I believe we're going to be starting with. It's going to be really awesome. Excited about that. Wow, vitamin D. Super, super important. But tune in next week. Should have been called a drug for vitamin D, D for drug. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to get into that topic, too, because it's really, really important. And uh, it's, it's definitely needed inside your life. Essential. 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 <laughs> thank you again for joining us training gain podcast i'm john let's all say it together now kios ger edis i'm just playing with you man <laughs> i love you guys uh tune in subscribe follow leave a comment let us know what we're doing wrong let us know what we're doing right um we love to hear from you we're gonna be on youtube obviously that's where you're watching this probably right now or if you're listening to it on spotify apple podcast uh come see us on our patreon page that is going to be set up with some cool goodies. You can subscribe nice. for as low as $1 a month. Get some extra content, early content, all that good stuff. And um, definitely throw us uh, throw us some comments on there too. If you have subscribed to it and you are you know, a Patreon member, we want to cater to you guys too. And we also want to put content out there that you enjoy because you're able to give us a platform to continue doing what we love to do. Right. And we love doing this kind of stuff for you guys. Absolutely. And um, But yeah, follow me on Instagram at John underscore kiosk Rigis. unique underscore physique 23 and we will see you next week my brother my brother my brother